You're listening to Travel Nursing and Allied Life, hosted by Travcom. Welcome to the Exhibitor Minute of the Travel Nursing and Allied Life podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Freitag. This week, we'll be discussing some of the challenges travelers have experienced while on assignment and what their solutions were. With me today is Valerie Gale, a registered nurse who is Vice President of Clinical Excellence at Nomad Health. Thanks for joining us, Valerie. I'm excited to be here. Thanks, Michelle. We're recording this in late November, but it looks like you have a jump on Christmas and you've already got your tree up. I do. I do. Yes, it is a family tradition that we try to get it up at least a couple days before uh, December starts, but the decorating will go on for several days still. (laughs) Fantastic. Excellent. Now, um, what I've been interested in is this week we're going to talk about sort of what difficulties and challenges that travelers have uh, gotten into while on assignment. And I understand you take phone calls and help clinical coach through them. But before we get to that, I'd like to hear a little bit about your background and how you got into staffing. Sure. Well, again, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here after uh, getting to be at my first TravCon this year and, and just that whole experience. It's really a delight to get to spend some time with you. So thanks for having me. Um, I, I actually don't think about myself as getting into staffing as much as I'm in healthcare. And so this happens to be the part of uh, healthcare that we're, that we're working in right now. But um, interestingly enough, I first came to Texas almost 30 years ago as travel nurse. And so that is how my career uh, really got started. I only anticipated traveling for a couple of years and being in Texas that long and then heading back to my family in Canada. But here I am 30 years later um, in still in Texas. So the bulk of my nursing career has been here. That happened with me too. I came down yeah. One to two years of travel nursing, and 20 yeah. years later, I'm still down here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to say 30 years makes me like croak a little bit, but I just tell everyone I graduated when I was just a tiny baby. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, yes, I'm 30 years later. Here we are. And, uh, you know, I, I spent a, a good part of my nursing career at the bedside, so multiple different roles, um, tried to get as much experience on as many different Mm -hmm. units and many different nursing spaces as I could. That included home health and hospice and really trying to see that full continuum of care for patients, Um, but eventually sort of migrated into more leadership roles and then into patient safety and quality. And about five years ago was contacted by a phenomenal CNO that I had worked with at one of our health systems who um, attracted me into this part of the business. And so I had the privilege for several years to be with one of the largest healthcare staffing agencies in the U.S. leading the credentialing organization. Um, And then that really led into this opportunity with Nomad in the clinical space. And so it's been a really neat way for, I say, my career to kind of come full circle. Um, I I remember, as you probably do too, like almost 30 years ago, I think we mailed documents in um, to to get everything (laughs) done. And (laughs) and like when we can get somebody to the bedside in two weeks weeks, I'm like, oh gosh, I think that took seven months like to get my documents through. So um, wow, how far we have come. But that that's really the nutshell of how I got to where I am today. Uh, one of the other uh, committee members on TravCon is Cynthia Kinnis. And I think she basically started when back where you are at the mailing stage, I kind of came in mm-hmm. in the fax era. 
but okay. <laughs> he, he talks about literally mailing contracts to people yep, yep and then receiving sure. them back uh just i couldn't even imagine yep it's wild <laughs> and tell us a bit about nomad health and how uh how they contribute to the industry sure well nomad is the first joint commission certified healthcare marketplace uh, for clinicians. And so we really have been on a mission. Our CEO is Alexi Nazem. I know you had Alexi with you. Wow. Like almost two years ago now, I couldn't yes. believe, like, I thought the date was wrong when I looked up the old, old podcast. Um, but we're on a mission really to remove every kind of clunky obstacle that stands between a healthcare professional. You probably hear me abbreviate that HP. I try not to say a whole lot of abbreviations, but we really intentional about HPs and the patients they're caring for. So how can we most efficiently make sure that clinicians, nurses, allied health professionals are doing the work they need to be doing when they're supposed to be doing it. And, and it's up to us to really remove every obstacle between them and the patients. You made a distinction there at the start of it. You said a healthcare marketplace. Can you talk mm -hmm. a little bit more about why that is such a distinction from a regular sure. staffing company? Sure. I think probably the biggest um, difference is that because we're a recruiterless model, which doesn't mean we're a peopleless model, but we don't have recruiters which can tend to, you know, channel and push HPs to take one position over another. Where there's benefit for the healthcare staffing company, for example, we can tend to try to plug um, HPs where where we feel like they need to go. The difference with the marketplace, which I think is really cool, is that you know, nurses, allied health professionals want choice. They want their voice to be kind of what leads and directs the their careers. And so with the marketplace, anyone can get online at any given time, whatever's convenient for them, all hours of the day or night. And you can see all the information that otherwise would have been probably hidden to some degree from you or only given to you in pieces and parts. It's very transparent. Pay rates are there. You know where you're going. Um, what the hospital is, the, the patient ratios. Um, so all of that is there and you're really deciding as a clinician, where do I want to go to work? These five mm -hmm. look interesting. Um, and you can kind of do all of those at the same time. There's opportunity to apply for multiple jobs at the same time too, and see which one really best fits your needs. So I kind of love that. And this is very timely because just the previous podcast episode was us discussing a recruiter versus a recruiterless model, mm -hmm. benefits on both mm -hmm. sides. Uh, you know, it's really about what fits the traveler. Hey, I, mm -hmm. I'm new to this. I want people. I, or, hey, I've done this quite a bit. I don't want people. So it's really uh, a good fit. People have options out there. Now, even though you're a recruiterless model and you don't have necessarily a recruiter that you come to if you have issues, that's kind of your role in Nomad where someone's on assignment, they come up and they have a challenge or an issue and they cannot figure out, hey, you know, what should I do with, in this position? You have got a clinical consulting role where you help guide people along. Can you give us a couple of examples of what travelers have faced? And how they, how you managed to help them figure out what the best solution was? Sure. No, I love that. Um, and again, I think it's important to know recruiter less. And, and I didn't have a chance to listen to that last um, podcast in the full thing, but or the, the full um, podcast. But 
but I definitely, you know, recruiters is one thing to be recruiterless, but we, that doesn't mean we're people-less. And so I appreciate um, your comment. I think that's where not only our team, which is new, you know, again, talk about what's changed. Our, the clinical excellence team at Nomad has come into place in 2022. So it went from a team of me in January, we're now a team of eight people strong um, and growing. And, and you're right. Um, I, th- I think it's no surprise, the pressures that are out there and facing HPs every single day. Um, the results of the survey that came out from Gypsy Nurse, I mean, so telling, right, what people are looking for. And it's yeah. that so, it's still a connection, right? It's, it's we're not losing the connection with the clinicians at Nomad. We're making sure that the moments that we spend with them are meaningful. And so mm-hmm. that we're available when they need us the most. I think while technology does what technology should do and people do what people should do, we've taken it a step further. And that's, I think, where clinical coaching comes in, where it's now we have clinicians doing with clinicians what clinicians are looking for. So you're right. It can be two in the morning and and I'm stressed because I got two more patients and now my patient ratio is eight to one. And what I really love is to be able to debrief with a nurse in the morning so that somebody can talk me through that and give me strategies for how I can deal with that while I'm on the unit. And so we've been able to do that. I have like so so many great examples. Um, I think probably one of the ones that that really is been kind of, I guess, most dear to me because I just really see it again as this advocacy for for nurses and for for healthcare professionals that are at the bedside. And we had a nurse in particular, and um, she has a medical condition that had been explained and shared with the facility before. And and she can appear to be, um, because of the condition, it can sometimes look like she might be intoxicated or have something else. It's very brief periods of time. And so she was apparently observed at the hospital um, in this state at one particular time. And so following hospital protocol, they ordered a drug test on her, um, thinking that it might be a medical, you know, med- medical medication diversion issue, something like that. Well, before the results came back, they actually canceled her contract. Wow. And so she ended up then on the phone with one of the members of our team, really talking her through it. She's devastated, of course, because it had been something she'd been very upfront about and that had been accepted. And again, the hospital following what would be normal hospital protocol, um, canceled the assignment and left her kind of stranded, of course, because livelihood is now in the, in the, in the balance. So we were able to really coach her through that and share back with the facility, the results, the results came back negative. So her drug screen was perfectly clear and they were able to then do coaching and education at the facility we decided it wouldn't be best to send her back there because even though they offered for her contract to continue, it just felt awkward to her, but we were able to place her immediately in another hospital. And so that really is just such a great example about, you know, sometimes it's just easy to sort of walk on, right? And leave it alone. But but what we saw again in those results that just came out in the voice of the travel nurses, it's that feeling like you're part of the team. And, mm-hmm. and that we were able to then reassure her that not only had we been her voice, but we had gone back to them and they had done something about it. And it mm-hmm. creates this learning opportunity for all of us that just leads to healthier workspaces. It um, also meant she didn't have a black mark on her record. She wasn't right. at DNR at that facility. And that's right. 
yes, there was education done, but I really feel like you can sort of clear the air. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you feel as a healthcare professional, you feel terrible that this happened. So Mm -hmm. if it's cleared that, yes, you're welcome to come back. We're really sorry. We, you know, miscalculated uh, that that's really nice to have somebody in your corner to help make that communication because they might not have done it just straight with the travel yep. nurse. Yeah, you're wow. exactly right. Exactly right. Good work with that one. What Thanks. other what other challenges have popped up? Well, I think um, you made a comment when we were first sort of introducing this part about case studies and and that it's, you know, once once um, a traveler's on assignment is then when we can get engaged. And I think the really cool part of the way that we've structured um, our team is that we actually want to engage in those meaningful moments even before HPs go on assignment. And so one of the ways I know everyone knows as part of the process is testing. So we have to do competency exams and all of that prior to going on on assignment. And so what we have is a process in place where if a nurse or allied health professional doesn't do well on their first exam, we have a team that actually goes in, reviews the content, creates custom education. So it's individual specific if the clinician's interested and we provide them with those education plans. We suggest two to three days of study They can also then reach out. We stay in connection with them. So if they want to have a one-on-one education coaching call, we had a specific case a few weeks ago and testing isn't for everybody. We all know that we, we all went through school, right? So there's sometimes Mm -hmm. people just freeze and don't test as well. doesn't mean they don't have the knowledge, but they could just be nervous or whatever. And so we had one specific incident where the nurse didn't do well in the dysrhythmia exam. We know how critically important that is. Well, because she didn't do well, she just kind of wanted to shut down. She was like, I don't even want to take the pharmacology exam. I'm not great with testing, et cetera. Well, one of our, again, one of our clinical excellence leaders connected with her. She spent time reviewing strips. They had great dialogue back and forth, prepared her really well for the dysrhythmia exam. She was able to take it the second time, pass with flying colors, and then said, and yes, I'm going to take the pharmacology exam. And so again, it was just like this boost of confidence. It's not only our commitment to the HP to make sure they're the best prepared, but to our clients and to our yeah. healthcare facilities to make sure we are delivering clinically excellent nurses to the bedside. So, And I think that's one of the um, sort of the struggles that healthcare travelers have. Some of them have no problem with it, but others have real testing anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And they hate that testing. And that testing is enough to turn them off certain assignments if it's required. So for you to have that coaching uh, availability is huge. Either it's, you know, certain, uh, they can't remember, maybe they haven't done strips in a couple of years and they need a refresh, or maybe it's, hey, this is what to expect in the test. This is how it's going to be. And you've got the time. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's a really good perk to have somebody able to sit down with them. Yeah, we love it. <laughs> it's great satisfaction all the all the round, right? Because it's a win for everybody. It becomes a win yeah. for us because we built a relationship with the HP. HP feels excited, better prepared. No one's had a cancellation, and lots of times that's what those would have led to before, right? In other in other yeah. organizations and with other assignments, is it's just a straight cancellation, and that really is just the, the people that hurts the most are patients. I remember taking some of the tests and the advice that was given to me was just don't read too much into the question. You know, mm-hmm. you, you come into the question and they say, here's the patient. What do you do first? 
while Mm -hmm. you're in your head, you're doing the first five things. You're like, I'm doing all of that. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So what am I going to do first? You have to really slow it down and figure out not necessarily what the right question is, but what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kind of break it down that way because it's, it feels like a trick question sometimes. What and it's interesting. It's interesting you bring that up, Michelle, because we did have that a few weeks ago, where when we were creating these custom education plans, that my team member said to me, like, the, she did give the right answer. This is one of the answers to yeah. the questions, you know, so it's, it, it does become really challenging to say, you know, we're just going to put our best collective wisdom together. And, you know, here's, again, how we how we coach through that. But but I think um, I think that over analyzing, especially for folks that that have testing anxiety, I think it just makes it yeah. even worse. So, and when you're and, trying to do something quickly, also, right? I think I think yeah. the truth of it is, people are trying to get on assignment usually as quickly as possible, and so we don't have those gaps in time to, you know, maybe take the test and then wait a few weeks. So we really have tried to do the education in a manner that makes us available to them, is customized to them. So they're not reviewing like 18 chapters of something, mm-hmm. but we really are trying to zero in on the two or three pieces or parts that they just seem to miss. Perfect. You don't want to make it a major saga just to pass <laughs> right. the test. Right. Do you have any other examples that have come along your desk that you've managed to work through? I think one of my other favorite ones, and I just, it, you know, I, I worked with my team to, to pull these together, some specific ones, because we talk about them all the time. But um, I think it goes back to, again, this, this just willingness to, when I think about a coach too, and that's why we call the calls that, right? I think about some of the best coaches and your role as a coach is to like boost performance, right? So, so when you're going into those, those situations, I think we're always going into it as we've, we've adapted a motto with our team. It's called EHPM and it's every health care professional matters. And so ah, how can we nice. really, we, we coach to stay is what we say. And so we want everyone to complete their assignments, but we want them to do it in a, in a manner that's safe and, and that they yeah. feel like um, they're valued and it's a good environment for them. And so one of the ways that we're trying to do that and really, again, create partnership with our clients is to do our healthcare professional evaluations prior to the end of assignment. So we've started delivering those in an electronic format to uh, to our clients, and those come out before the assignment's over. So they're right around, but in between, we know that the bulk of cancellations happen right around five weeks. So about between halfway through the assignment and 10 weeks, so between seven and 10 weeks into the assignment, the evaluation goes out electronically. We had one particular case a few weeks ago where the clinical nurse manager got the evaluation on the HP, who was actually struggling. And it triggered her, these are her words, it triggered her to be like, I need to address these concerns with this HP. And so not only did she do the evaluation, but she set up time to meet with our travel um, with our travel nurse to sit down, go through the things that she was concerned about. And then they actually extended the HP's assignment for four more weeks because there was such a great response to the coaching on site that the, she wanted to give the HP an opportunity to really demonstrate improvement. 
And so again, like how cool, right? Had we not Very cool. looked for an opportunity to really trigger this, oftentimes evaluations get sent after the completion of assignment. We all know that that's a difficult process. If they're on paper, you have to print it out and like go back to the old day. And so yeah. we're trying to make that a really simple process, but the timing of it is really critical because if we can extend an assignment, I mean, just think that HP in other cases, we don't know for sure, but chances are would have got to the end of that assignment, week 13, the nurse manager would have been like, yeah, they were okay, but I don't know that I even want them yeah. back. Assignment would have ended. We lose the opportunity to coach, right? For increased performance, really don't create any kind of better relationship with the facility. And so again, we look for ways that it's, we call it the triple win, right? So the HP wins, our team wins. We feel good about the work that we're doing and our clients win. And then ultimately be patients win, right? Because we're creating clinical excellence across the team. Absolutely. And at Newbie Bootcamp at TravCon, we have this pre-conference day where we prepare travelers who either have never traveled or just started to travel, just sort of stepping their toe into it. And one of the things that um, Melissa Knibel talks about, she's one of our speakers, is she said that intercommunication piece is so huge on site. Mm -hmm. So you as the healthcare traveler, she recommends that uh, the healthcare traveler pops their head into the manager's office or whoever, mm -hmm. you know, is their contact at about that four, four to six week mark yep. and said, and says, Hey, how's it going? Are you happy with what I'm doing? Is there anything you'd like to see me improve on? And that initial um, proactive stance to do that yes. can make such a difference. Yeah. Oh, hey, actually, I've had a couple of concerns come my way and let's talk about them and work yes. through it. And yeah. you can kind of, uh, it's interesting that you say the most cancellations happen at five weeks. I didn't realize that was right at that point, but that's exactly where Melissa says, that's your opportunity that the yeah. thinking, yes or no, mm -hmm. and cut, cut the snake off at the head and just pop in in a really positive mm -hmm. way and say, you happy with me? Are things good? And, yes. Uh, that's, I love that. I got to really meet her advice. now. <laughs> oh, she's cause, fabulous. Because we do do that. And not only just with newbies, but, you know, we do offer behavioral coaching also. So if there's an issue and, and oftentimes these are issues that aren't coming from the facility. I think that's one of the changes that we've seen. I know we chatted about it a couple of weeks ago was, you know, I do think that our HPs are getting more aware of their own mental health of the the crisis around patient safety and an unwillingness to kind of tolerate, I guess, if you want to use that word, mm -hmm. but, but they're more willing seemingly to speak up. And so we have seen, which we're delighted with, honestly, is this increase in volume of what we call escalations or issues that are coming directly from the HP. And so it has given us an opportunity to say, okay, if this is the scenario, Again, if we coach to stay, what are some of the things we can teach? That includes team steps language and, you know, things that, again, if they were, if, if this was a regular full-time employee, some of the training that you might miss out on, right, if you're not a permanent member of the team. So if a hospital is rolling out mm -hmm. team steps or just culture or whatever it is, that language may not make its way into the travel nurse community. And so we are totally. trying to find ways to infuse that language into our coaching um, again, and that, that is one of the things I've said so many times is, you know, after the first bomb drops, it's way too late to build a relationship. So like, let's try to build the relationship up front within the first few weeks of being there is introduce yourself, make sure they know who you are, 
Because if you have a problem or there's an issue or you need to report something, nobody likes hearing bad news first. And so if you've already established some type of rapport, I just think that goes so much better. Great point. Because 95, 98% of the time, it's positive. Oh, no, we're happy with you. I've heard great things. We're good. But Mm -hmm. wow, you've just put yourself in their brain as a positive Mm -hmm. experience. Uh, Circling back, do you share those? those evaluations that you send to the managers, do you share those with the traveler? Yes. Yes. So that's one of the ways, which is again, new process for us. Um, But we actually, our goal around not only traveler evaluations, but around client evaluations is to share that information back to both places. And Mm -hmm. so how can we be better stewards of that data that we're getting back? Um, We, we, that, that then we, you know, talked about those evaluations should really be part of then what becomes a reference section, right? And so you have this living, breathing profile. It's one of the hardest things ever is is to list out the five people you want us to contact. Well, if we already have your last four assignments and those evaluations, it's almost like creating, I guess, a score, although, you know, but everything is done that way, right? Health grades is that way and everything else. So um, I think we're used to getting scored, but we really do want um, our healthcare professionals to know where they're at, know mm-hmm. where they can improve. Because our goal, like I said, is to put the best clinically excellent people at the bedside, and then ensure that the environments that we're putting putting them into are safe and professional and team focused. And and I just think it be, creates a win for everybody. So so definitely that is you know it's one thing to get feedback and then not share it. It kind of doesn't make sense. <laughs> I I haven't traveled in quite a few years. I actually uh, slowed down for a bit. I traveled for seven years and then I went staff for a while. So it's been a little bit of time since I've been out and I'm not sure if this strategy works, but when I was on assignment at about week 10 or 11 or 12, I picked my favorite people on the unit, charge nurses or whatever, and I gave them my company had a one page reference you know, mm. would you, what did you like about this person? How well did yeah. they do? What was their clinical capability and name and phone number? And, you know, they put charge nurse or staff nurse or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I gave it to them and I said, please either give it back to me if you're comfortable with it, or if you're not just fax it straight to the company, there's the number. So I always found two or three per assignment mm-hmm. so that my recruiter had this before the end of the assignment for the next one. And I never had to jump through any reference hoops after that because I'd done that. I'd, I also had the advantage great idea. of the people that I liked. Is that acceptable? Yeah. Can travelers do that now? I mean, I, when I think about references now, right, I, there's really no limit on who you can choose other than that person has to be somebody that would have been in a leadership position, right, and is capable so of evaluating. So, I mean, to, for the most part, HPs right now define who their references are. So I wouldn't think it's really any different. You know, we do like. They would want to pick one of their favorite charge nurses or a couple of the charge nurses. That would be acceptable. I think that's probably normal human behavior, right? (laughs) So, so what we, what we try to do again, and, and, you know, we do have um, a dashboard that we do have many clients that use the dashboard. And so those evaluations would be housed directly in the dashboard for them. So mm-hmm. whoever, you know, whoever is managing the unit or in charge automatically has that link already. So mm-hmm. they can complete that online, right? So we're trying to remove that whole need to fax back or scan or anything right. like that. So, but, it, but it's the traveler that has to prompt it. 
mm-hmm. just before the end of their assignment yeah. and sort of give it to the people that they feel they'll get the most favorable response from. Yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking that would help reduce the amount of paperwork after the fact, you know, sending yeah. a reference to when you're gone. Right now, yeah. oh yeah, I work with them. You've had a particularly great Every day, day. where you saved their butt and that's when yeah. you slide in the reference, hey, can you just fill this out? Yeah, I mean, I think those are great pointers. I think those are those are all things that, you know, if I were, I guess, not just a traveler, but I, I always think about, you know, creating your own way as, a, as an employee, right? So what are some things? I used to do a 360 eval of myself. You know, I would much the same, right? When I went first went into leadership and I'd choose four or five people from all different places in the hospital and I would send them out this survey and they could do it in SurveyMonkey and I wanted to know their feedback. And so I would give those results to my leader just as another way of saying, Very you know, here's, here's what people are saying about me. So I think any ways that we can see that or notice that people are sort of going above and beyond to yeah. really get information back. I think, um, I think that's a really wise thing to do. Um, because I do think, you know, as, as competitive as this space really still is, um, you know, there are ways that we can set ourselves apart and, um, and that's definitely what we're looking to do. Right. Again, it's just, um, create a team of clinically excellent folks. So, so happy that you and I got to meet Michelle. So very much. So we're actually going to do a two part. So next week, We'll have Valerie back, and she's going to be talking about the changing priorities of healthcare professionals and how they're navigating the staffing shortages, uh, the you know the whole changes that are happening across the field. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much, Valerie. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to Travel Nursing and Allied Life. You can find the full show notes below or at travcon.org. Please help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.